The contents of this show are for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. Any information on the show does not create a client-therapist relationship and should not be taken as professional advice. Before making any decisions regarding your health care, ask your personal physician or mental health care professional or call 911 for any emergencies. We are three friends exploring connection from the coffee shop to the podcast studio. I'm Amy. I'm Anna. I'm Erin. Okay, so today we have Tiffany Jenkins on the phone, and she's amazing and hilarious. And so Tiffany Jenkins is the funny lady behind Juggling the Jenkins. She has over 3.8 million Facebook followers and counting. Tiffany is a wife, mother, best-selling author, content creator, and recovering addict. Although best known for her funny viral Facebook and YouTube videos, which are hilarious. hilarious, Tiffany is incredibly passionate about bringing awareness to mental illness. She speaks shamelessly, openly, and honestly. Honestly, about her past and addiction, as well as her struggles with depression and anxiety, and has been featured on national television shows like The Today Show and The Doctors. Tiffany shares her story of hope in jails, rehabs, and high schools, and has traveled across the country headlining her own tour. Her story has had such an overwhelming response from followers that she decided to share other stories of recovery submitted by people all over the world. On this site, jugglingthejenkins.com, which I'm reading her bio from currently, (laughs) you'll find inspiring stories of overcoming obstacles, funny videos, and more. Tiffany is absolutely amazing, and the reason we really wanted to have her on this show is because because of the connection to the duality, the connection to the and, to the highs, to the lows, to the funny, to the real. Tiffany is absolutely amazing. And we're so, so excited to have you on the show. Yes. So welcome to all of our listeners and a huge welcome and thank you to Tiffany. Hello. Thank you. Am I here? Yeah, you're here. here. (laughs) I just realized how extra my bio is. It's amazing. I'll probably trim it down. (laughs) Tiffany is the most magnificent person in all of the land ever. Well, hey, just call it like you see it, right? That's right. (laughs) It's good. We are doing amazing work, and it's just so fun. Your videos are absolutely hilarious. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you so much. So uh, do you want to just start with, well, Erin, okay, Erin's like about to jump off <laughs> off of her chair over here. Yeah. I'm going to so, let okay, you so do we yeah. talked a little bit about this before the we before we started recording, but I listened on Audible last week to your book, and I was so excited. I couldn't, st- I literally could not stop listening. Your book, and High I would, Achiever. Yes, yeah. And so I was listening on the way to work out of work, like right before I did my paperwork, all like all the things like I couldn't stop because it was so you did such a good job of the acting in it, of the different voices. And then (laughs) then the emotional journey that I went on, like I was real anxious the second half of the book when you were telling (laughs) when you were in the therapist's office at the rehab, like talking about all that stuff. And so and when all those things were happening, like and so it was amazing. So let's start. Tiffany, can you just tell us about the book, High Achiever? Yes. So the book, I was releasing a chapter a week on the blog initially because I just wanted to give people the heads up about jail. And (laughs) people ended up like digging it way more than I anticipated. And they're like, man, it's really interesting to see addiction from the perspective of an addict. I felt like I was right alongside of you with it. And so I kind of made that my goal. And I tried to write it in a way that took the reader through 
the crazy things I did with me and through the heartbreak and kind of give the perspective that they don't usually get. And Mm -hmm. so I started getting messages from people saying, I wish I could send this to my son in jail or my mom who doesn't understand my addiction. And that was when I was like, okay, I need to put this in book form. So I Googled how to write a book and I did that. <laughs> That's awesome. Good work, girl. So, yeah. so you've got this book and it, you've got an incredible story and you have personal experience with jail. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so let's, just, let's, let's back up to um, how you got there. What is your background and how did you end up in jail? My background, I was a decent kid. Like I was, I got good grades. Like I was involved with cheerleading and sports. My stepdad was a cop and we lived with him full time. I had structure. It was, and so, but I always, I was always anxious and depressed. I just Mm. didn't know it. Mm -hmm. We didn't talk about it growing up. So I got to an age where I was able to, kind of numb that myself. Mm-hmm. And so it was my senior year in high school and I was almost done, almost graduated. And I ended up trying alcohol for the first time and I didn't feel any of those things anymore. I just felt numb and it was magical. And so I chased it and dropped out of school and spent the next 10 years in this haze. And mm. the alcohol turned to marijuana, turned to prescription pain medication. And those were the things that took me down, man, were the pills. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. When I started, I was ignorant. I had no clue about like withdrawal and addiction. I never thought that I could get addicted. And before I knew it, like when I didn't have the pills, I felt so sick. Like the only way to put it in perspective is I would have gladly chosen death over that feeling of withdrawal mm-hmm. any day. It was that painful. It was so bad. And so that was when my desperation grew to not feel like that. Combined with the fact that I was in a relationship with a deputy sheriff and I had to keep this addiction <laughs> hidden. <laughs> so that was a good time. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's crazy when you were writing that in the book. I was just like, it was because I felt like as the reader, like excruciating, like, oh, God, and all the situations that would come up with you. I was like, oh, my stomach would turn. And I can't imagine what that felt as well. I can because you took the reader on the journey. But like it was. uh, Oh, my God. That's so validating Uh, to hear, like even today, because mm. my life, I woke up every day wanting to die back then. Mm. And I knew that wasn't normal, but it was my reality was so dark. The reality that I had created for myself, it was so overwhelming. And I was like sinking deeper and deeper and deeper every single day. And I couldn't claw myself out. And so I thought getting into a relationship with a sheriff initially was a good idea. Because <laughs> I remember the stability my stepdad provided. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I can't get high if I'm with a cop. This is so perfect. <laughs> So you're in this relationship with the deputy sheriff and you have this secret, crazy pill and other substances. Was he just super naive or his head in the clouds or he was traumatized from his job? But how did like how did he fall for all of your shit is what what I was like wondering. (laughs) Like, how did that? How'd you keep the secret? Or is he just like he sounded very, very sweet and like kind. And and so I'm just curious about I was like, how does this dude how is this dude falling for this all the time? I ask myself that every day and I chalk it up <laughs> to the fact that I was like a really good liar and manipulator Yeah, yeah. because I had to be, if I wanted to keep this house that he bought us in this relationship and our pet and this beautiful life, I had 
to hide the truth about who I was constantly. So every word out of my mouth was a lie. Every Mm. thought that I had was to cover up something else. And I think that he maybe just loved me so much that he didn't want to see it. Mm. And I also think that since I relapsed so soon in our relationship, all he ever knew was me on drugs. Mm. Mm Mm-hmm. And Mm -hmm. I, you know, when I say that I did the prescription pills, I ended up, you know, injecting them like I was doing it in a way that was not cute. Mm. And I had to wear long sleeves and, you know, I was just strung out and, you know, had all my equipment laying around and hiding in places. And Mm. it was a miserable existence. Hey, Anna. Yeah? You know Aaron's a pretty badass therapist, Uh, right? I totally know. I just, like, take notes when she's talking. (laughs) Me too. Some of our audience does as well. So did you know that there's also a place that you can get information directly from her? On her website, right? Yeah. And didn't you do it? Yeah. Tell us about it. Yeah. So there's all these free workshops that they're offering. And at thekaliinstitute.com, you can sign up for those. K-A-L-I is how you spell Kali. And then institute, thekaliinstitute.com. Get it done. When you went on the ride along and your friend Javier was the dude in the car, like, and you couldn't talk about that, like... Yeah, that was I mean, I almost get teary talking about that. Listen, because it sounded like it was the word uh, horror. Like, I can't even imagine it was. Yeah. Yeah, it was very crazy. And if, if it wasn't for the sh- the shirt, because I remember. So yeah, vividly the yeah, shirt yeah, that yeah. He was wearing yeah. that it took me a second and then another level of realization and another level of realization. And when I came full circle and I understood what was going on, I just it was breathtaking. It was. It was insane. It was a really, really crazy time. And you'd think that would have stopped me, but it didn't. So did you find yourself getting lost in all the lies that you were living in? Like, did you, was the sheriff, did he ever become your husband or just, was he boyfriend? No, just boyfriend. Okay. Okay. And so then did he, like, did you ever catch yourself? Like, did you ever lose yourself in all your lies? And then like, you didn't even know what was what? Oh yeah. Often. Mm Mm-hmm. Because I, you know, I had a story for everything. I had a story why I needed money, why I wasn't bringing money home, where I was, why I was sleeping in, why I was sick again this week. My life was nothing but a a series of excuses to cover up and explain and justify. Mm -hmm. And there were definitely times where I lost myself a little bit and I forgot what I'd said. And so I had to double lie Mm -hmm. to like make up for the lie. It was exhausting. And I knew eventually something bad was going to happen. I was going to die. I was going to get caught. And honestly, I didn't care. I was just waiting for it to happen. I would have gladly accepted death. I was so done. Like, I remember I used to like, just hope, like, please, God, kill me in my sleep. Please Mm. let me get into a car accident. Mm. And it's so weird to think like that because now it's my anxiety is so crazy about getting hurt or dying because I love, you know, my family so much that Mm -hmm. it's my biggest fear is something Mm -hmm. bad happening. But it took a lot between where I'm at now and where I was to get to that point. And that includes getting tossed in jail with a whole bunch of felonies. Yeah. So, so something bad eventually did happen. So for those of, you know, for the listeners of ours who don't know what ended up happening. I had been pawning items from around the home to support my habit. And I ended up taking some very valuable things of his firearms and selling them. And I was caught 
and I was taken to jail with around 20 felonies, and I spent 120 days in jail. And I talk about that in the book and what that mm-hmm. was like. That's that's actually how the book opens was my time in jail and. That's what hooked me in. That <laughs> hooked me in. Wait, and let's just let's oh just oh my god, let's just pause on the fact that you just said that you stole firearms from your sheriff deputy boyfriend, right? Yeah, <laughs> that not, not a good move. Oh boy, <laughs> yeah. Well, I thought in my head, in my addiction, I was literally like, oh well, this is fine because I'll just get enough pills to think clearly. Mm. And then I'll figure out a way to get the guns back once I'm thinking clearly. Mm. I just need this pain to stop for now so that I can make, go on with my day and think clearly and make a plan. And, you know, I don't want to give too much of the book away, but unfortunately, I didn't have time to come up with a plan because shit started hitting the fan very, mm. very shortly after that. Mm-hmm. And that we won't give too much of the but that guy, Mitch, is a real douche. That's what I thought in the book, <laughs> just as a, what you yeah. portrayed him well. I don't know if you think he's a douche, but he was... No, I was like wanted to fucking he, lose it on that. Like he, he you, has, you did his so well. Holy shit! He has you, not changed one bit from what I can see and from what I've heard. Like I stalk him sometimes, <laughs> and it's the same. And he has not grown up. And it's oh my god! I just and I haven't run into him thankfully, but I'm terrified. You know, he sent me a few messages mm. on Facebook, but I had to block him because I was just it was. It, so can you guys give us a little insight on Mitch for those who don't know? Yeah. So Mitch was a friend of mine who I had known for a very long time. We were actually like best friends at one point and he was born into money. So he had really nice things and he was rich and had nice cars and, you know, a nice home. And he was a super big, huge, gigantic drug dealer. Mm. And there was a series of events that happened one night and I called him for help and it ended up being a really dumb decision because I got myself into like a really weird predicament that ended up, I was so desperate to get out of that. I started making some really crazy choices. Mm. And I think that's what sped up my trip to jail, really. But yeah, I was heavily influenced by him. And he's a he's so he is he has his pilot's license. He has his lawyer's license. He has his real estate license. Mm. Like he's so rich. And he I I thought he was Superman for a very long time. I thought there was nothing that he couldn't do. Mm -hmm. And he felt invincible to me. And I felt really like anything in the world was possible when I was in his presence Mm. back before we reconnected. And then when we reconnected, he used, you know, what I would say is that superpower Mm. of his against me. Mm. So you went from this relationship, the double life, the secrets to jail, and Mitch was kind of interwoven. And now you're finding yourself, you have over 3 million. Hold on, can I stop? Yep. Can we re- re- pause on that? Do you talk to any of those people that you were close with when you were in jail? No. No, okay. One. All right. I was just curious about that. Oh, when I was in, in jail? When you were in jail, I think her name was Sarah. Or, yeah, okay. Yeah. I thought you meant like before jail, no, like Mitch yeah. and every, all the no, because no, I don't talk to anyone from when I was using, but in jail, and this is the, the honest truth, the majority of people that I was in jail with are dead. Mm. Mm. There is one girl who, Sarah, and 
in the book mm-hmm. was my best friend. Mm-hmm. I was everything to me. And I just saw a mugshot of her on the mm-hmm. local newspaper oh. and she looked like a corpse mm-hmm. and it made me so sad. And mm-hmm. I reached out to her and, you know, I haven't heard back, but I hate it so much because I just want to shake her and be like, dude, if I can do this, you can do this. Like, please, you, you yeah. know, you're She's got kids and not that, you know, addiction doesn't care if you have kids, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I just know the joy she could be experiencing on a daily basis if she could, you know, just freaking become willing to give that shit up. And, I, you know, there's no difference between me and her, but it's so powerful and I understand it, you know, so mm-hmm. there, there's nothing I can do. Mm-hmm. And then one more question about the book. So when you had the psychologist come in, I don't know if you were in, I was right after the you were in the mental health part of the hospital, I think. And it was the, you were her cheerleading coach. Oh yeah. Holy shit. Cause I coach high school sports and I'm like, I can't imagine what that like so comforting. And so I don't know. So what was that like? Yes. She's my friend. So Uh I guess I should say her. Is this Sarah or Um, is this someone else? Oh, okay. What was her name in the book? Okay. So here's the, here's the thing. I released the book on my own. Okay. In 2017. Okay. And then it was picked up by a publishing company just this year. Oh, and congrats. we had to change the names of the characters yeah, of because when I self published it, I made some of the names possibly a little bit too close to their real names. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. And so for legal reasons, they're like, yo, we need to switch these up. And so I get a little confused sometimes because even when they were on the blog, the names were different. So uh, the names have changed quite a bit. Mm hmm. Probably safe. So Sarah <laughs> is the one who came to the medical facility in jail with me. And okay. Just okay. Okay. All right. That's the one I was talking about. Okay. Is that Sarah in the second? <sighs> I can't. I can't get the. I couldn't remember. I knew I should have taken it down. Well, no, I nope. should know this. When the whatchamacallit, just when she came in, you were in a bad spot. It might have been. Yeah, That that's Sarah. Wait, unless you're talking about my lesbian girlfriend. <laughs> no, not her. But that is a, okay. that is interesting. It's got to be Sarah. Okay, Sarah. Yeah, good. High fives. Good we got through that. <laughs> <laughs> Go team. Go wrestling. team. All right. Yeah. So, Tiffany, you were saying a lot of the people that you were in jail with have not made it, sadly, but you did. And so what did that look like for you? What has happened in your life for you since you spent time in jail? My life today is more beautiful than I could have ever in a million years dreamed, truly. Mm. I used to, I remember sitting in jail and just feeling so hopeless and so empty and looking towards the future. And it was just dark. There was no hope. I couldn't imagine a life without drugs. I couldn't imagine rekindling the relationships that I'd lost once my truth was found out. Like I couldn't imagine. And that's because I, you know, how could I, I, you know, I don't know what the universe has planned. I don't know Mm -hmm. what decisions are going to lead to. And uh, my, okay. So I ended up making the decision to go directly from jail to a six month rehab program. Mm -hmm. And that was the smartest decision that I ever made because I knew that my brain was broken and I needed help getting it fixed. Mm Mm-hmm. And so I spent six months there. And next month, November, I'll have seven years clean. Yeah, awesome. Good job. (laughs) Thank you. I, since I've gotten clean, I've gotten married. I've had children. I wake up every single day and I am so grateful to be alive. Mm. I lay my head on the pillow at night and I don't feel guilty for the decisions I made. I feel like I'm a good person nowadays. Mm -hmm. I, because I became willing to do whatever it took Mm 
mm-hmm. to stop. And I did the opposite of what the old me would have done. So the old me would not have wanted to go to rehab. So I went, the old me <laughs> would not have wanted to do step work. So mm-hmm. I did it. The old mm-hmm. me wouldn't have, you know, and I literally had to base every single decision that I made in the beginning on the opposite of what the old me would have done because mm-hmm. I was incapable of making smart adult decisions. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, well, I'll just do the opposite of what I would usually do. And, you know, I had a group of really incredible people around me showing me the way and helping me learn how to live life without drugs. And it's incredible. What is, what's what it like question? to go? Well, what's yeah. it like to go from, from, but like the, <laughs> Just the because so I like thinking about me listening to your book and then super stoked to talk to you because I'm like, oh, she's great. But I don't know you. Right. I just listen to your book. And so (laughs) what is it like to have go from where you were to like now being famous and that whole process? Because it really hasn't been that long and have all these people like, oh, I know all these things about you. But then it's still they don't. And so, you know, what is it like? Well, I started making videos and stuff about two and a half years ago. That's when things started taking off. T- wow. Taking. Yeah. Taking. <laughs> taking. Roll taking with it. Off. Right? <laughs> Where I wrote a book. <laughs> so, so it's a mixture. It's super incredible. When I go out, you know, people are like, oh, my gosh, Tiffany, I'm so excited. Let's take a picture. You know, I'm such a huge, I don't want to say fan, but like, you know, supporter of what you do and blah, blah, blah. And it makes me feel so cool. But then, like, there's part of me that's like, but wait, you don't know what a psycho I am sometimes. And you don't know, you know, how crazy and snippy I am with my kids and how irrational I am with my husband sometimes. And you don't know how lazy I am. And part of me feels like all these people dig me based on what they see, but I can't take their compliments seriously because I have this, I don't know because I know the real me and I feel like it's not fair to accept a compliment based on what they see, what little bit they see of me. You know, mm. my husband doesn't get excited when I <laughs> walk into the room. Selfie time. So, but yeah. And then there's times where I'm so weird around people. I have social anxiety and small talk sometimes physically makes me my heart like explode out of my chest and I Mm -hmm. feel so tense and I can't breathe like during a a weird short conversation with somebody you know and I think it's because it's superficial you know yeah hey Mm -hmm. how are you good how are you (laughs) not much just kids how about you (laughs) You I fucking hate small talk I'm with you yeah yes if somebody walked up to me and was like hey hey girl if I was like, hey, what's up? And she's like, dude, my husband's pissing me off. I can't stand these damn kids. I'd be like, yo, okay, <laughs> let's talk about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yes. I feel like now we can really talk because that's my kind of conversation, not the shallow surface stuff. So so sometimes it feels very like strained when people come up to me and, you know, they just praise me and praise me and praise me. I'm like, can you just can you call me a douchebag loser for one second? <laughs> right. It'll bring me back down. Which will make me feel way cooler than I am. Right? Uh, and you can be both, right? right. I mean, yeah. that's the crazy. That's the crazy thing. And I think your life is such an example of the dualities that exist out there. You know, like one thing that we were talking about is how 
validation can feel so good. And, you know, hearing someone say like, oh, I'm so proud of you or that that proud moment. Because in the book, this is what I was telling. And I don't know if this is significant. So this is why I wanted to ask you. I'm really stoked that I just listened to this and then you're here. But so <laughs> uh, when you're different people of like, I don't know, they were in positions of power or authority or whatever, and they something would happen and they would be like, I'm so proud of you that those are the words that you chose. And so I'm wondering if those are significant in terms of like, things that you needed to hear that maybe you weren't getting. Is there significance to that? Or did I just make things up? No, you didn't make it up at all. There was a point when I thought nobody would ever trust me again. Nobody would ever like me again. Nobody would ever be proud of me again, Mm. ever. And to hear hear that at the time was so profound for me because Mm. in that moment, I went from what I thought I was, which was just like, an inmate number, a loser at a rehab, a drug addict, junkie, piece of crap, liar to somebody that someone else looked at and was like, wow, you did something incredible. And it's a feeling that I never, it's something that I never thought I would hear again. And Mm. so, and now it's so crazy because I hear it. (laughs) It's like the opposite. Now I hear it so much. Yeah. And I'm not trying to brag. It's just crazy to me how there was a point where I didn't think I could show my face ever again. Mm. Now your and face is everywhere. It's friggin' all I do is show this yeah. dumb face. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I tell people all the time, like, yo, if you're struggling, if you're going through something and it feels like this is the end and it feels like it'll be never be different, I promise you that if you keep going, it will be. The universe has a weird way of like shaking things up in mm. order to put your life back together the way it was meant to be. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes we try to take control and we go off course and think we know where we want to go and try to steer ourselves there. And then the universe punches us in the face and kind of pulls us back on track. And I think that's what happened with me. Jeez, it's so true. I, I just feel like I'm going through a divorce right now and I was never you know, I was not expecting it whatsoever. And it totally, it's exactly what you just said, like, punched me in the face, redirected me. I was, you know, like, had a more private life. And now here I am doing this podcast. (laughs) And it's like, whoa, you either walk right into it and face it and with no only trusting that something's going to work out. Well, yeah. I feel like the universe whispers yeah. and then it screams. And then if you don't listen, like you're... It's like, <laughs> you're come fucked. on, yeah. listen yeah. up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. yeah, it's just amazing. Like if you're, like you said earlier, the willingness is key. So for you, from what I know, clearly that only from this book and from what your presence is, but it seemed like like your path was kind of like... In retrospect, did it feel like the universe was like setting, it felt like, or wherever your higher power is, but it like felt like all these things were leading to you to like, hey, dude, pay attention, you need to get some help now. And you had all these opportunities and then the shit would happen or someone would show up or like, however things went. Did it feel like that? Maybe not at the time, but did it feel like that afterwards? Because I was like, holy shit, that was a perfect thing to happen, even though it was awful. But it was like what you needed. Yeah. I reflect all the time and I'm like, man, I wonder if that time I stole that person's wallet and there was no money in it. And I was so angry Mm. that was the universe trying to get me to withdraw and not do drugs, you know, Mm -hmm. but instead of listening, I went and tried to steal another wallet. And it's like, I'm sure I missed so many, so many signs and so many opportunities, but you know, you hear what you want to hear. And when I ended up like humbling myself and losing everything and going to rehab, I was a sponge. I was like, all right, Give it to me. What do I need to learn? What do I need to do? I'm listening. My mm. way is not working. Mm. How did you, so jumping ahead a little bit, how did you get the idea to start 
the videos and find the courage to put yourself out? I had a pretty major postpartum depression after Chloe, my youngest, was born. And I was isolated. My husband was at work. I was home alone all the time with these kids, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and these kids, dude. Like, I couldn't do... Chloe had colic and a dairy allergy mm. and acid reflux and was miserable 23 oh. hours a day. And, like, I don't care how good of a mom you are if your baby's shrieking at you like a banshee all day, every day. <laughs> That is, you know, hard. you're going to be like, F this, dude. Yeah. I don't even like this kid. You can't, I couldn't bond <laughs> with her. And I know it sounds so shocking, but like, it's true. I couldn't no, bond true. with her. Yeah. She, all she did was like poop and spit in my face and like scream. And yeah. so I, I would go to social media and I, you know, join all these mom groups and see what people are doing and how they're parenting. And it looked like everybody else was perfect. Everybody else had all the answers. Everybody knew what they were doing. Like, Women had their hair brushed and were looking decent. <laughs> I couldn't comprehend it. And so I was like, dude, like I'm failing here, man. Uh-huh. And so I decided to just start using writing as a therapeutic outlet. And I, the more honest I was in my writing about anxiety and addiction and postpartum depression and stuff, the more people gravitated toward me. And suddenly I had all these followers and I was like, shit. This is crazy. Mm-hmm. I ended up making a video and making another video and it just like exploded. And I found that, you know, the Internet just really needed something real, I think. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I was able to fill that void. So <laughs> people were feeling like crap about themselves. They came to my page. And they were like, this swamp creature, I feel better suddenly. <laughs> Oh, you are so funny. So where do you get your inspiration for your videos? Life, really. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's so trippy because I'll make a video based on me and what I'm feeling. And I, I, I say it every time. I'm like, this is going to be the video that people realize what a psychopath I is. Like, <laughs> this is going to friggin' seal the deal. And then, it, you know, it ends up being shared 88 million times. And every comment is like, this is so me. And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> We're all crazy. Like, yes, all, true. yes. No one is kooky. alone. And so it made me realize for the first time in my life, I wasn't alone. You know what I mean? And it, without the use of drugs, I felt okay with who I was mm. for the very first time. And it's because of my supporters and because of people sharing their truths. And I think there's been a shift in the universe. And I think more and more people are coming out and letting yeah. their freak flags fly and yeah. being themselves. And <laughs> I'm, I'm here for it. So I just think about like how awesome it is for all your, for all those millions of people that they were able to see you doing that. And then they didn't feel alone. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. that is such mm-hmm. a huge ripple effect. It's so awesome. Oh, oh. yeah. It, and so I feel very, very friggin' fortunate to have a part in this. It's something that I will, treasure forever even when I'm you know irrelevant and I'm like 80 and I'm trying to show my kids like old <laughs> clippings of right. Facebook posts and I'm like look at how cool I was, here, grandma was. <laughs> like even then I'll just be so grateful to have been a part of, you know of everybody's history I think it's really cool do you have a favorite video that you've done like do, maybe the I... numbers aren't there but you're like oh this is so great a hundred percent nobody else likes it but me i'm not kidding (laughs) it's called underqualified and it's a video like i was going back to work for the first time and this boss man was like what you know what have you been doing for the past whatever years and i'm like i'm i've been 
stay-at-home mom. And he's like, I'm sorry, you're underqualified for this position. And then I, like, put my hair up, and I'm like, bitch, underqualified. I, I, and then I start showing clips of all the things that I've been doing for the past six years, like referee, <laughs> overnight security, chef, like, but pertaining to my kids and using clips of my kids. It's just, it just warms my heart. I just love yeah. them so much. That's so awesome. So oh, your podcast... It sounds like it's going well. Oh, wow. Hashtag goals. Hashtag goals. <laughs> You're dominating. Um, oh, how shoot. is it? We're, thank you. Yeah. It's, I don't know. I think, you, know, you guys just made it sound really good. <laughs> <laughs> Decent. Um, I'm just kidding. I So it's me and my friend Meredith from That's Inappropriate. She is a funny lady on Facebook. And I sit there with my friend and we just get weird. And it's like, <laughs> I can't believe it's like a job. It's it's one of my favorite parts of what oh, I do. We can all relate. I think, to that. <laughs> I bet, I bet. It's so good. It's so fun. That is great. So you do have, you have do, you do anything to get ready for the show beforehand? So uh, any weirdness there? Oh, no. If okay. I was, uh, Meredith preps all the sh- shows. Are you talking about the podcast? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. Podcast, like, do you have any rituals before? I mean, we listened to Biggie uh, hypnotized before, <laughs> no, so that's why. We, like, are twerking on the wall. Yeah, yeah so we're doing We're, like, 40-year-olds so twerking. We're doing that. Yeah. No. Anna's upside down, feet on the door, on the wall. She's watching. I keep trying. I practice every day. I'm trying to get that down. <laughs> okay, so. so, so when back you to you, asked, Tiffany. Yeah. When you asked if I had any rituals to prepare for the podcast, yeah. you meant, do I twerk on the wall? Yeah. That's what Just we're really like asking. That's, That's what Anna does. Got it. Yeah. I'm practicing. Yes, I can't do I it drink, yet. I drink coffee. Right. <laughs> all right. All right. What? Wah, wah. Come on. <laughs> Isn't there anything else? <laughs> That's right. And so, Tiffany, what are you most proud of that you've, of all these great things that, and cool things that you've done, what are you most proud of? Like work? Or life? just in life? It could I'm be work. I'm proud of like freaking raising kids, man. I didn't, this is going to sound really jerky, but I didn't <laughs> think that I would ever be able to like love a child mm. because I never had pets growing up or anything. And I didn't know what it was like to love anything other than myself. Mm. And I was always really nervous to have kids, but I'll tell you what, these kids, like when we're in public and they're like, please. And thank you. I'm like, <laughs> Oh, mm. kill me now. I have done my duty. on <laughs> like, Yep. It's the most, it's the thing that I'm most proud of. I got pregnant in in a halfway house and I had no job and no money and no car and no belongings. And I could have been like, oh, this is bad, you know, and, and just screwed it all up. But instead, like, I just had this blind faith that things were going to be incredible. And I busted my butt and worked so hard and my life is incredible. So if everything else went away and it was just me and my family, like, I'd be fine. Mm. I'd be so happy if we... If we're all together living under a bridge, yes. <laughs> like I'd be fine. So if we had nothing and I just had them and the world ended and we were running through the woods fighting off zombies, <laughs> but we were like together, <laughs> I'd be great. That's all I need in life, really. I'd prefer it without zombies. But... <laughs> <laughs> How old are your kids? Three, just turned five, and my bonus daughter is eight. Oh, okay. that's great. So what is that, yeah. first grade? Yeah, first. No, second. Which the oldest one? Yeah. Third. Third. She's gonna be nine next month. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So what's And my son's in pre K. Mm hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So what's it like having the serious part of you and the super funny side of you? Like, is it hard to reconcile those or? So it's, they're intertwined a bit. I feel like a lot of my humor is a defense mechanism. Mm. A lot of it is something that I do because I do, I have a very serious side to me and it stems from having been through serious things. And if you look at like, you know, Jim Carrey and Robin Williams and all these comedians in the past, it's like, You'd be surprised probably how many people who do comedy have underlying mental illness. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There's a podcast Um, about that. It's how we cope, man. And so I would say the two things that like the and Mm -hmm. would be I my page is unique in that it's not just for moms and it's not just for addicts. You know, it's for people. And so trying to balance the addiction side and the motherhood side is difficult because there's some people who watch me purely for inspiration when it comes to mental illness. And then there's some people who watch me purely because they want to laugh about motherhood. Mm -hmm. And it's both. And I go back and forth and I teeter-totter. And that's because, you know, this day and age, everybody says, what's your niche, niche, whatever the word is. <laughs> you know, what is it? What are you? You have to find where you fit in and get in there. But me, I just feel like I'm not one thing. I'm so many damn things. Mm-hmm. And there's no way I could just put myself in this little box and entertain just one small group that fits perfectly with my message. Because my message is huge. My It's a human thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if you're an addict or not, or a parent or not, or, you know, it doesn't matter. It's being a good person, having fun, living your best life, even though life is friggin' hard sometimes. Like, that's what my message is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think when people watch your videos or see, like, what you're doing, I think the, at least for me, the immediate thought is, like, hashtag, like, same same like so (laughs) relatable it's like no matter what it is we were just watching like one of your anxiety videos before (laughs) and it was like it like just nailing the truth of like the reality of what it's like to live with anxiety (laughs) just like anxiety is such a fucking asshole it's like fuck that that shit is not looking out for you (laughs) it's like it's shocking to hear you say that because those videos are so deep and they're so personal to me Mm -hmm. so to hear that somebody else is like same. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what the hell, man? That's crazy. I thought I was alone my whole mm-hmm. life. Yeah. My whole life. Nope. I love that by you sharing your truth and your realness and like the the parts that are most true to you about you, that other people have felt less alone because of that, mm-hmm. like deepness that you're sharing. It's so cool that you're helping people literally feel less alone. Mm-hmm. Thank you. That's mm-hmm. such a cool thing to hear. Mm-hmm. We're just super cool. <laughs> <laughs> Get the fuck out of here, Anna. <laughs> so with like such a public life and like it seems like you're sharing such personal things, is there anything that people would be surprised to know about you that you haven't really like shared about? Probably that if we were, everybody always says, you know, I'd love to hang out with you. I'd love to be your best friend. But literally, if you were to come over to my house, we would just sit here in silence. <laughs> like, I'm so lame and I'm such an introvert. So bad. Like, if I could spend my whole life in my pajamas on my couch, not talking to anyone, like, I would. And I think yeah. people would be surprised to see that. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm actually pretty, like, pretty quiet, pretty chill. Huh. You have pajamas I was gonna... on now? I mean, maybe. What? 
She just business. asked you what you're wearing. I just get fucking Megan weird. Sorry. What, you, no. what are you wearing? <laughs> I was going to make a joke. I was going to make a joke because I was like, I literally, my clothes are pajamas pretty much because I just fucking wear leggings and like big ass t-shirts all the time. And I, then I sleep in them and I wear them the next day. So I was trying to figure out how to talk about that without sounding like a dirt bag and I just got quiet instead and, and, and then we got uncomfortable because I thought I was and made it sound way weirder than yeah, it was right. it was okay. me because right. I'm like oh my god I have been wearing this for so long and I slept in it so it is kind of my pajamas damn it <laughs> Uh, Tiffany, do you ever have, being an introvert, do you ever have vulnerability hangovers? What's that? When you do share something so personal, like even the anxiety video, for example, where you're like, oh, that is like such a deep part of my personal experience. And then the next day or after you release it, are you ever like... Like an emotional hangover type of thing or no? Is that different? Yeah, emotional hangover, vulnerability hangover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't think I do because I have an advantage. If I am vulnerable and I put myself out there, I will know within a minute if I've been accepted or not Mm. for my vulnerability. Instantly, if I make a video and I put myself out there, instantly it'll be like, oh my gosh, thank you. Oh, this made my day. Oh, I needed it. This is amazing. Me too. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay. You know, I'm like healed instantly. I don't, you know, there's no hangover. Now, if I, if I wasn't making videos and I went to a friend and I opened myself up to them and then I would probably feel so, I would question everything the next day, I'm sure. Have you had issues with trolls? I was just going to ask that. Of course, dude. Duh. (laughs) How do you deal with it? Do you block them? Are you just like, bye? No, I just question my existence. And I'm like, maybe they're right. Maybe they're the only Mm -hmm. ones who could see the truth. Mm -hmm. All these other people, I've got them fooled. Um, Mm. I can't relate to just intentionally going to someone's house and just being a dick. I just can't. And so I kind of stopped reading the comments for the most part. Like, which sucks because in the beginning I'll read them. But then if I see one negative comment, I'm like, I have to address this immediately and mm-hmm. make this person yeah. feel like crap, you know, and I'll <laughs> ignore all of the beautiful yeah. comments around it to address this one dick hole. And so yeah. <laughs> I can't do it. I just don't read the comments, but I do. I have a hard time. Like people forget that you're a human and mm-hmm. you're a person. Mm-hmm. And so when people refer to me, like I'm not there. It pisses me off. Like Becky will be like, uh, does anybody else think that she's trying a little bit too hard here? <laughs> funny. And I'm like, I'm right friggin' here, bitch, first of all. <laughs> like, I hate it so much. Does, does anybody else think? No. Like, you don't need to poll other people to validate your idea, you douche. <laughs> Why do those negative comments or why does that weigh so heavy? Why do we do that? I'm just terrible. insecure. I think it's human nature. I think it's human nature. I would feel shitty if, if when people are saying, yeah, come here. Aaron's to your house a therapist, sh- so let's yeah. ask the therapist. <laughs> Aaron, why do we do that? Why does it yeah, weigh more? Is yeah. a therapist here this whole yes. time? Yes. <laughs> she's, she's your super fan. <laughs> I'm your super fan. I thought it was fantastic. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Aaron, we could have been using you. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. So, so Tiffany. Is, so my oh. question uh, now I'm a therapist. Role, so what are you? <laughs> what are you doing to be more gentle and take care of yourself? 
That is so Ooh, therapist. You talked about I it. Know. You talked about Damn. it in the recent video, so that's why I'm asking. Therapisty. Yes. yes. I have had a complete transformation. I stopped going on social media, and instead, I spend my spare time either listening to silence, which always was really super terrifying to me because my thoughts are dark and weird, or I listen to TED Talks. I'm I've been meditating way. I thought more. you were going to say techno for some reason. <laughs> I, I listen to freaking dubstep. <laughs> really? like, that's, where she, that's where she's going with this. Definitely right. techno. Yes. So meditation. <laughs> Anna cuts me off too, so there sorry, we go. Right. Sorry. Go. Okay. Meditation? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Just meditation. And I'm I'm saying yes to things I want to say yes to, saying no to things I want to say no to. I'm not obsessing about like creating hilarious videos and staying relevant and being important and, you know, algorithms and insights and likes, because I got caught up in all of that in this desire to be popular. And, you know, it feels like so many people now are coming out and making videos and doing what I'm doing. And it scares me and makes me feel replaceable. And so I let that like get me down and get me to a really weird place. And this platform was given to me surprisingly two and a half years ago. And if it ends, all right. But in the meantime, I'm going to have fun and be true to myself and not obsess so much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm glad we made the cut. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for oh, not yeah. cutting us out. No kidding. Or did yeah. you say yes to us and you're, you're like, like, oh, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, I said yes to you guys a long time ago. So I had no right. <laughs> We're like, oh, gosh, we made the cut. Like, oh, shit. We wonder if she'd just be a nice dad. So thanks for uh, keeping so us on the plate. Yeah. No, of course. No, I mean, new offers. Okay. All right. Yeah. Good. I'm glad we wire. made the gut. Good. Yeah. If, if people come to me and they're like, "Hey, we really want you to promote this battery that <laughs> we sell, and we'll give you two free batteries for it." I'm gonna be like, "F you, Dave. I'm worth more than two batteries." You know what I mean? Like, I'm standing up for right. myself. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, all right. Do. You, I have a question. I always like to end the interviews with super random questions. We never so. know what's coming, so we're in as a... So I hope you're okay with this. This is has nothing Love to it. do with like what you do <laughs> or in the interview. Yeah. <laughs> Buckle up. It's yeah. super <laughs> random. Okay, so if you could add one feature... Well, first of all, should we have asked you about something that we... Anything that we... No. Okay. You Did killed we? it. You asked me so many questions. You are the podcaster pro, so like yeah. what should we have asked you that <laughs> we didn't is basically... Oh my God. <laughs> No, nothing. You did great. <laughs> okay, cool. Okay, now that we got that out of the way, what could, if you could add one feature to the human body, what would you add? Huh. Oh, that's a good so, one, Anna. I was editing a video, <laughs> I mean, a podcast from before, and the previous question on that was, if you could choose, if you would burp every time you went in to kiss someone, or what was the other part of that? Or drool. Or, or drool something. every oh, time yeah. you talk. So that this is a pretty good one, comparatively speaking. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, this is so interesting. I have so many thoughts. But I would say, oh, gosh. A feature to the human body would be an alarm that goes off anytime something is wrong inside of it. So that Ooh. I know Ooh. I don't have to Google and just go to the hospital and wonder. Yes. It'll just be like an alarm and I check my app and it's like, you have <laughs> check your app. a polyp <laughs> on your sinus. And then I'm like, all right, cool. And then I know what to 
do. You know what I mean? That like, would be yeah. really helpful. That, yeah, helpful. come on. We got to get that upgrade out of yeah. here. <laughs> Human oh body 2.0. <laughs> That's right. Can you imagine? It'd be great. Well, because I'm always obsessing. If I have a stomach pain, I'm like, this is it. My appendix is bursting <laughs> right here at my kid's game, and I'm going to die. Like, uh, And it's so bad, and I, I have this really crazy fear of cancer because cancer took both my parents and all my mm. grandparents and I, I feel like it's just a freaking matter of time and if I had an alarm oh. I could just know when mm-hmm. the time was and not have to stress. Well yeah. and imagine if your kids had an alarm too. Oh yeah. So you could you could oh, know I'd like so oh chill. I'd be okay. like go play yes. outside I don't care. Exactly. <laughs> I love that feature. Yeah. That's a good, good one. That's a good, a good one. one. Mm-hmm. Guys, so convenient. Oh, yeah just a display panel. Just tell me what's up. Anxiety would be lessened. <laughs> yeah. Or would it be raised? Or would it like make Waiting it worse? For the ding. No, you wouldn't even no, have to. You'd be oh my god. If I was rich, I would invent it and you like hook it up to all of your nerve endings and like <laughs> yeah. it's a weird thing. <laughs> totally. Dude, I I would have the procedure done in a second. <laughs> The procedure. I think so. Yeah. Get, the, get the app. Put <laughs> that shit out get in your the app booked right, up. There you go. <laughs> Oh, man. Tiffany, this has been so fun. Thank you so much for saying yes to us. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. (laughs) Thanks for being on the show. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much. Have a great day. And we'll be in touch and we'll be following you and rooting for you and and all the things. And thanks for all the good work. Yeah. Thanks for some trolls in your uh, (laughs) your feed. That's right. Yeah. I'll talk some shit back for you. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Don't fuck with her. How about that? (laughs) That's right. Be like, she doesn't need us to stand up for her, but we're gonna. Okay. (laughs) Becky. Yeah. Becky, nobody needs the poll. Okay. Uh, (laughs) All right. I love you guys. Thank you. Love you too. Thanks. Thanks. Bye. 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 Okay. So we talk about connection. That's what our deal is here. So we have a six-step roadmap for instant connection. You can get that at connectionroadmap.com. It will give you the hookup on what to do to get instantly connected with people in this world. Thanks for listening. You can find more about this episode and a way to connect to the community at lessalonepodcast.com. And if you like us, don't forget to subscribe and be sure to leave a review. It helps other people find us and could be just what they need.